0: Good news, you are not under arrest. Bad news, you still gotta go to prison. Good news, you're going to Prison of the Past, the 2019 TV special. Bad news, you're gonna be serving time with the Cybers and the Cigarettes
1: crew. <laughs> Hello,
0: your cellmates are sexy nurse Natalie. What up? Delicious sandwich Emma. Hello. Robot sibling Drew. Yo. And me, the superhero, Chris. Hey.
2: Why are you the superhero?
0: Because that song is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hero today. Yeah. I mean,
3: if anything, we've already like canonically solidified that using it as the opening to your Stardust Kid episode. It's your song. Also, hey, welcome to Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey faced thief, his friends and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live action entries in the Lupin the Third franchise in, in mostly chronological order. And today we're talking about a special from a, a pretty like a special year for Lupin in 2019. We're talking about the one good special from 2019, "Prison of the Past." Like that, that. Like honestly, do y'all remember that? Like that was such like a weird chain of events because "Goodbye Partner" was announced like at, I think December
4: 2018.
3: Yeah, And like yeah, some images was came out,
4: out. It was early in 2019.
3: It was January. I, like, it was January 2019, and as soon as "Goodbye Partner" finished airing, like a little text teaser sh- like appeared at the end, saying that a new theatrical Lupin uh, movie was coming, and uh, right. I think they said Winter 2019. And like there was kind of a lot of confusion because we weren't sure if it was going to be like you know the Kuike movie, which was also rumored for 2019, or if it was going to be something different. And then uh, what was it? Word of the Kuike movie came next, because I think that was announced in March, like officially.
4: Yeah, because didn't, didn't uh, Fujiko Mine's Lie come out that year too? It yes.
2: did. It came, yeah. out that, it came out that summer. And I remember, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't go to Anime Expo, but they did show it at Anime Expo. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like such a big deal and whatnot.
3: Because yeah, because Fuchiko's Lie came out like in April. And then after that, I think uh, there was, I, f- I forgot which one exactly happened first, but the trailer for Lupin the Third, the first came out. Like officially, and we realized it was going to be like a three D CG thing, and it looked awesome. Lupin the Third, the movie, the first, the trailer, the announcement, <laughs> and then after that, I think it was something I forgot who exactly like leaked it. It wasn't even leaked, but just the album artwork for Yuji Ono and Lupontic Six's album for Prison of the Past, like just showed up online early, yes. and everyone was just kind of like, wait, "Wait, wait, what's the deal with this?" Because it had a Hiro uh, Takamaru Fuji's Lupin design on it. We're just kind of like, wait, is this like legit? And then pretty soon after that, it got officially announced. So in one year, we got Goodbye Partner, Lupin the Third, the First, Fujiko's Lie, and, um, well, Prison of the Past. Yeah. Which was pretty great all around. And
4: earlier to Part 5, Doug.
3: Oh, yeah. That's also true. Yeah. And and also, this was literally just one year after Part 5, like,
0: finished airing, too. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like I said, before we started recording, 2019 was a good, good year for Lupin, indeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, aside, for, aside from the passing of his creator. Yes, that's true,
4: and that happened in April.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: I, I do remember that. So it's like, at least there was a bunch of Lupin stuff going. Also, the Universal Studios, Japan. Oh, yeah. The VR
3: ride.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, they still do Lupin stuff at Universal in Japan. At least that's what I heard. They just don't have that ride back. They should mm. They should have really just kept it permanently, I feel. But again... Mm, go to it.
4: Yeah. Do they still have like the like the statue of like Gigin and Lupin in the car. Uh, I think that
3: and- got taken down. Oh, right. That was just for that was just for the ride.
4: Yeah. I, I just- mean, maybe they'll bring it back. You never know. Right. You never know. It's possible. That is some of my favorite Lupin merch that I have is well some of the merchandise from the Universal Studios Japan uh, attraction. So that that again, good year. Good year for Lupin. Oh yeah.
3: Strange year to have two TV specials in one year.
4: Absolutely. Good one, by partner very, aside. one was really good and then one just dreadfully mediocre.
0: Let's focus let's focus on the good one, shall we? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: Alrighty, so let's hop into it. Alrighty, so Prison of the Past is the twenty seventh Lupin the third TV special that released in I didn't look up the exact date, so I'm going to insert that here during post-production.
1: November 29th, 2019.
3: So, this special was directed and storyboarded by Hatsuki Suji, who has a uh, well pr- a prolific career in animation direction, key animation, storyboarding, and directing. Their credits include Dirty Pair, Initial D, Card Fight Vanguard, Sherlock Hound, Touch, Yu-Gi-Oh!, both the original series, GX, and the movie, Detective Conan, and numerous entries in the Pokemon franchise. But now their work in Lupin goes all the way back to part two, where they did animation on 30 episodes, (laughs) key animation on 30 episodes, and in-between animation on two episodes. In fact, they also did key animation for a few episodes of part four, five, and six. They did animation for one episode each of parts three and four, and their work in the franchise also includes storyboards for a few episodes of Part Five and Six, as well as the director for one episode in both series. So, Suji's been around in Lupin for quite some time. Yeah.
2: That's dedication. Seriously, oh, yes. Uh, I, I'm loving the the Yu-Gi-Oh! Lupin connection right now because I've been <laughs> I've been very nostalgic remembering how much I had the hots for Kaiba as a kid. It's ever <laughs> since Takahashi passed away a couple of weeks ago, so. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that's all
3: good. But now, one really interesting thing about this special is this special was written by Shatner Nishida. Now, Shatner Nishida is not known for writing anime. In fact, their only anime credits are episode 20 of part 5, Zenigata Gentleman Thief, and this.
2: You're kidding.
3: No, because otherwise they are a writer- theater director, playwright, and origami artist, which I'm going to put a link to their Instagram in the show notes. Like, it's actually really great. That's, good.
2: That's awesome. Oh, God. So this is going to make when I talk about where <laughs> I think part of the story came from later on, mm-hmm. the, the the only opera nerd amongst the clan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm already getting hyped over here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But they have an extensive career in stage work, including uh, an, t- multiple adaptations of, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but Yalamushi Pedal. It's a cycling anime, like there's a lot of entries in it. Uh, Discotech even, like his licensed most of it. And uh, Burning Kabaddi. And that's just naming two anime adaptations in their very prolific career. Like honestly, like look them up. They got some really cool work So you can yeah. check out. And now uh, the English version of this is produced by TMS and Bang Zoom Entertainment. The voice direction is by Chris Kaysen. ADR script was written by Marlon Moore and translation was by Yuki Arakawa. The character designer and chief anima- and chief animation director for this special is Hirotaka Marufuji. Now they have a also a prolific career in key animation, in-between animation, character design, and animation direction. Uh, Their credits include Death Note, Attack on Titan, two Detective Conan movies, 17 and 21 to be specific, Hellsing Ultimate, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Macross Frontier, four Pokemon films, Tokyo Ghoul, that's just naming a few. So, honestly, they've worked on some pretty big properties, and uh, their work in Lupin includes key animation on The Last Job. They also served as character designer and chief animation director on Goodbye Partner. And their most recent work in the franchise includes both the character designs for Part 6, animation director for that series OP, and his uh, key animation on Episodes 1 and 24. And, uh, this is also, like, a little fun tidbit, somewhat related. Uh, Marafuji also storyboarded one episode and provided key animation for another in the series, uh... Bakumatsu Gijinden Roman, a series based on a pachinko game which had original character designs by none other than Monkey Punch himself. So there's really? like a, a little fun Lupin yeah. connection there before they got involved big time with the series. Hmm. And also just a little shout out. The uh, recent Blu-ray for this was produced by Brady Hartel and Justin Savakis at Discotheque Media Eastern Star. The English subtitles were based on Yuki Irakawa's translation with additional translations by Elizabeth Ellis. And so before we get into the special itself, we'll talk about the voice cast for this. I'll just kind of run down through everybody. Lupin Third, Kenichi Kurita, and Tony Oliver, Daisuke Jigen, Kyoshi Kobayashi, and Richard Epcar; Goemon, Daisuke Namakawa, and, and Lex Lang, Fujiko, Miyuki Shiro, and Michelle Ruff, Zinigata, obviously, Koichi Yamadera, and Doug Erholz. Yata was voiced by Nobunaga, Shimazaki, and Kaiji Tang. Lorenzo was voiced by Hoko, Kuashima, and Amelie, who you may know as a YouTuber, Lian Lee. Lee. She does a lot of English covers for anime openings and endings. Honestly, check out her work. It's really cool. Uh, Finnegan was voiced by Hiroaki Hirata and Jalen K. Cassell. Verte slash Prince Vio was voiced by Shinichiro Miki and Chris Hackney. The King of Dorente was voiced by Kenichi Ogata and Sam Mann. Uh, Scalatos, I think that's how you pronounce it, Takayuki, Sakazume, and Jared? I'm gonna have to find a way to pronounce this because it's K Jack. So I guess it's K Jack. Sorry maybe, if I uh, your name.
2: Or maybe Kayak, maybe it's possibly um, you know, it's like Finnish or Swedish where the J is actually a y sound.
3: Um, Dynamite Joe is voiced by Kinta Miyake and Kellen Goff, Dr. Hines, Hiroshi Yanaka and Jonah Scott. Older bomber brother, Setsuji Sato and Frank Todaro, younger bomber brother Chikahiro Kobayashi and Brent McKay, Third Bomber Brother, Tomohiro Fujikata and Sean Chiplock, and uh, Baron Orlano was voiced by Yutaki Aoyama and the English director, Chris Kaysen, who... (laughs) I really loved him in the dub of this, which we'll get to. (laughs) So now we'll jump into the special itself. Just initial impressions roundtable. How y'all feeling about it?
2: It's honestly probably one of the best specials in a long time. I feel like specials specials and OVAs were like dying down in quality in like the mid-2000s. We got like a couple of good ones here and there. And of course, we got the really bad ones, Knock Knock, Princes of the Breeze. You know, after Goodbye Partner, which... Was mediocre at best and mm. had elements of a lot of the, um, you know, goodbye partner had some like social social media and like real world elements of like Edward Snowden references and making Hillary Clinton the de facto president. <laughs> um, but this one, oh man, I, I think after I watched this one, I, I I watched it with Maria and I looked back at her and I was like. This is probably one of the best specials in quite a while that I've seen, and I am so thankful for this.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, it's one of the ones I go back to quite often. Probably, like out of all the specials, it's probably one of my most frequently watched ones. Even though it's just came out in 2019, which is a a great comparison and. Like comparatively so from its other 2019 counterpart, um, which again it's funny you mentioned the Hillary Clinton de facto president analogy uh, because I was like talk about like poorly aged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like, oof, <laughs> It's like obviously when this was like in production that they thought that was going to go a certain way. <laughs> it didn't, and they're probably like, God damn it. Like, I mean, maybe,
2: maybe not. I mean, I, I, maybe, I kind of have this feeling, because obviously I don't know anything about from the production of Good, of Goodbye Partner, but I have this feeling that, yeah, maybe it, it was made during the election, or, or um, you know, if it was made
4: afterwards, that that's just something on the part of the writers, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's funny you bring that up, but uh, Prison of the Past, I always just thought was, incredibly a good time I I really like uh, I know like a whole thing with Lupin it's like the woman of the week type thing which whatever Um, I happen to kind of like that trope but uh, Lorenza is one of the strongest Mm. um, of recent times she's great Uh and she's also like cute and shy too like you can still have those cute shy elements that are seen a lot in the women of the week characters and make them strong and powerful and fierce. Um, Cause the, the well-rounded character type thing, not just like woman that punches things or vice versa. Or like woman that is just like super blushy all the time, bites her lip all the time. So I thought she was just a very intriguing character. And I really liked her relationship with well, Lupin in particular, but also Fujiko, she seemed to have a very strong connection with. And I really liked that element to it. Really loved how it was focused on the entire gang uh, for the most part, including uh, characters like Yata, who was given a much stronger role than part five. Talked to several people about how Yata, like in part five, is just kind of a block of wood. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like apparent when you watch Prison in the Past as well as part six, just how much Mulaka it is is in part five. So, but he's given that much more of a fun role and kind of like how his personality plays off the gang and how he kind of has a little bit of like a moral compass thing going on. Really likes that element to it. I just thought it was, it's such a good special. Um, the dub was really good was it as strong as probably First Contact I don't think so in terms of like dubbing but Mm -hmm. honestly I I can't really think of anything necessarily like weak about this special Um, I just really really like it I think it's a a good one for anybody to get them watch even if they are just getting into the series
0: Hmm. well um, I enjoyed it quite a bit as well um I do have some issues with it, but they're mainly just nitpicks and uh, we'll probably get into those a little bit later.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I feel like the uh, third act suffers a little bit, but I'm, I'm totally into what the first two acts of, of the special are. And, uh, I also agree with Emma that I really like the script and the performances are great. Like the writing's not there a part two, but you know, that time has passed. So, but it's, yeah, I took one of the better, uh, on dub scripts in, in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is really good in it. I, I first watched it after seeing some of the part one dub. And, you know, Epcar in particular, you know, I was really impressed with him in this. Mm-hmm. Especially, again, compared to part one. It's like, I love the guy. He's great. But his performance in part one feels really dialed in or phoned in a lot of times. And also, I apologize if I start to ramble or slur my words because I am drinking. Anyway. <laughs> I like the special a, a lot. It's as I would go as far as it's probably one of the best ones of this century. Hmm. I agree.
3: Now echoing what Natalie was saying earlier, like a lot of the specials, I like a lot of them, but there are like a good number. And especially like recently, they're just kind of like, Oh, well, eh, that's fine. Goodbye partner. Being an example, prison, prison, princess of the breeze being another one. Prison, and, of, like,
4: prison of the breeze.
3: Like, you know, sweet last night, which has a great opening. But just, you know, kind of oh, nothing. Yeah. Kind of nothing else happens after that. And honestly, it, it started to become like a bit of a dry period because in 2016, well, there was there was Princess of the Breeze in 2013. And then there was just like nothing up until 2015, right? With Italian Game. And Italian Game is literally just four episodes of part four with like 20 extra minutes.
2: Basically, yeah. In that amazing opening.
3: Yes. That's the big mirror that it has
2: Italian game with the weird chess scene just reminded me of like the finale of um of Yu-Gi-Oh with like Bakura's evil self versus Yugi's evil self you know what i mean <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> So probably i don't know the person who worked on Italian game worked on Yu-Gi-Oh it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> After
3: that it wasn't until Goodbye Partner that we got like another special and it's just kind of like another special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another special. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks a lot. The grand tradition of recent Lupin specials, but no, I, from, from the moment this one opens, you kind of can tell it's a little different. And like, I kind of get that hint that it's directed by someone who worked on 30 episodes of part two so there's the big prison break like obviously but there's this guard walking just kind of doing his patrol and like he stops and looks at the empty cell and like kicks a leg up and he's like what? And I'm like oh alright. Like like okay so there's like a little hint of silliness and you've got you know like Lupin is actually Gigan in disguise but like a spotlight searching around and there's like a little Lupin like he's far away but kind of drawn with like minimal detail and when the spotlight catches him he flails his arms around and runs back up the stairs <laughs> and just like that that whole mood of silliness kind of goes through the whole thing, which is honestly very refreshing, considering it was,
0: just, it like,
3: not all of Part 6, but, like, chunks of Part 6 and Part 5 are kind of, like, po-faced and serious. Specifically, yeah, like, the Padar definitely. arc of Part 5 and the whole Sherlock arc of Part 6. It's all
0: just kind of, like, you know, moody and stiff. Wasn't this special advertised as uh, taking cues from Part 2? Like, wasn't that something that uh, TMS was, like, ex- explicitly mentioned? I think they were, weren't they? Like, like on, on Twitter, they
3: were kind of hyping it up like with that. Because weren't they airing episodes of Part 2 before this or something I like so. that?
4: I think, I think
2: so, so, yeah.
3: Something to that effect. The, the the whole air of silliness to it is just so refreshing. And it just makes it, like, even me rewatching it. Like, I, I I watched it pretty much two days in a row and enjoyed it just as much each time. Like you mentioned, Chris, especially those first two um First two halves, honestly, I don't have many issues with it. I actually very much appreciate how different it kind of is, because obviously, you know, it's a gang going after a treasure. But there's the whole thing of, like, you know, all these other criminals showing up to pay their debt to Finnegan, and it becomes, like, this, like, kind of, like, mad, mad world, like, in a prison of them, like, all trying to get to him, which is honestly just,
0: like, something you don't usually see in a special like this. It's usually... and honestly, I kind of wish they had kept that up. Because, like... yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but like... Oh, go ahead. I thought like all the, uh, you know, all the crooks, you know, besides our lovable arsonist trying to break into this prison, they're all really interesting and quirky in their own ways. And so, of course, they get taken out of the story relatively quickly. Yep. It's like, it's like come on, I want to see more of them. And they were... I don't, know, I don't want to say they were cool, but they were interesting.
2: Yeah. It's funny that the the throwaway characters actually had personality, you mm-hmm. know? Um, And again, this just makes me though, this just makes me see the connection with what I'm about to talk about when, I guess when we get to more of the story because in the connection that I was seeing when I watched this for the first time, there are like secondary characters in this other piece of work that have a lot of like personality and emphasis but yet they're not really like the stars of it. They're more like Throw away secondary characters.
4: No,
3: mm-hmm. so. I, I, I agree because they, they they all get taken out relatively quick. And I like that they stick around for like you know the prison, like you know the crime auction. That's fun. All that. The only thing I don't like at the special, and honestly, I, I appreciate that it's mercifully more backloaded towards the end, which is both kind of like a, a blessing and a curse. The whole swordsman of light, Dorante King thing. I oh, like, yeah. just go step into traffic. Instead, you know, like <laughs> I, because like, honestly, like, you, you, you've got this verte dude, and it's like, it's like, you know, our prince, our lovely blonde prince, died all these years ago. Also, meet verte, this lovely blonde man in a mask. Pay no attention to him. That's <laughs> not the prince. Yeah, it's kind of odd. yeah, sure.
4: Style. <laughs> hey, you know that works in Sailor Moon, okay? <laughs>
3: Sailor Moon's better than this. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but no, because you got like Verte slash Fio, who's just a two by four, an old king I don't care about. <laughs> like, a two by four. The only thing that's interesting is Lorenza, because she's like badass and awesome, and she's a woman of the week, and she's a grown ass adult. What a concept. I, I know. At-
4: Oh my God. That even though it was on the Like in the frontal lobe when I started talking about that, and then just disappeared. (laughs) I'm not Uh, even drinking. (laughs) I don't even have that excuse.
3: But you've got finally
4: a girl of the week that's legal. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Good God, we are just (laughs) as in need of adventure and being whisked away by Lupon as these younger girls. We have fucking bills. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, get me the next Lupin special you need to give me like a girl of the week that's a 37 year old millennial that does nothing but drink wine on Fridays and lives with her three cats and I don't know she's already had her her first divorce and she's just like done with everything what are you, what are you trying to say here I, I, I swear to god Emma it's not about you <laughs> I was like
0: that's true. that's true for one thing Emma is not 37 she only has one cat Exactly. Well, yes, 30. yeah. no,
4: thirty-seven is a respectable <laughs> age to be <put> a <laughs> <up that point.
0: laughs>
2: Emma, I swear I love you. That, that wasn't a dig at you per se. <laughs> Thirty, you're on your first
4: divorce. <laughs> no, I've said that before. I'm like, let's have an adult woman who, yeah, this is like drinks a lot, and is divorced. I was like, oh, hey, it's me.
2: (laughs) Basically, basically, Lupin needs to find a wine mom, because wine moms want adventure, too. They watch Mamma Mia. You know, like, come on. I take it
4: one (laughs) step further, vodka and just totally chaos. (laughs) Just such chaos energy.
3: (laughs) But it it, it was really refreshing to have Lorenza, who's an adult, because you get Ami... In part five, who is nineteen or fourteen? Jury's still out on that, apparently.
4: Yeah, I
3: so like I, yeah. <laughs> so like so you got that, and then you've got the girl from Goodbye Partner who is like maybe like she looks maybe fourteen anywhere 14, 16. And then you've got Lily in part six, who seems younger than that, and you're like, okay, stop it. This is going to keep, keep yeah, it's this eventually going to be an embryo as is, the girl is, of the week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the next girl of the week is going to be a one month old baby. That is just sick and tired of this shit already. <laughs> <laughs>
4: they already did the infant thing and it was creepy as fuck. Yeah. Again, yeah. And it pooped. And Jigen and Lupin were like,
2: we're like cheering it on as it took a shit.
4: Pace, rested. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no, it's just they're just get like, especially with Lily, like and like watching Prison of the Past again. Yeah, Lorenzo being adult, but also just like an interesting character.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah, no, I. I, I She's probably like the best side character of all this because mm-hmm. I'm not sure, Drew, if you're going to go into like Finnegan. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I, like, I don't know how I feel because like I love villain characters, especially if they have like if they what they believe they're doing is the right thing. But yeah. I don't
2: think he like, has- a, like a complex villain, a complex villain arresting. with motivation is what you're talking about. I don't
4: think he has that.
2: No, no. he doesn't. Something he's Something's
3: missing. Some I don't know reasons. what
2: it is. Finnegan, it's interesting because like Finnegan, um, by halfway through the special, I I had to ask myself, what the fuck do you want? Because like, it, it made no sense at all to me. And, and I get that some Lupin villains, there's not a lot of motivation there's not a mm-hmm. lot of like depth to them. I, I understand that. But Finnegan just made me angry and was just very bland yeah and, and in the beginning you know they they do the bait and switch with him mm-hmm. where like oh you know he's the treasure and he's trying and you, you think he's actually a good thing but then you realize oh he's a piece of shit ew <laughs> and,
3: and like that's the thing with them is that like he I mean, he's interesting up to a point because like he's interesting because you know the bait and switch is cool where it's like oh like you know he, he turns on him It's neat. You get the auction, which is interesting because you're like, you know, what's his angle here? He's like, human trafficking, weapons trafficking and all this stuff. And then the angle is just like, I'm gonna dress like the prince and take over the kingdom. And it's like, oh. Okay.
4: Yeah, like, I kind of would have liked it better if that portion was not included. Like, he was just... Doing the weapons and human like trafficking, like it, like that would have just made him that much they, more morally re- like rep- reprehensible. Yeah, they, exactly.
3: That's that's the thing about this ending is it gets like a little like overwrought. I think is a good right. word because like yeah. all it needed to be was Finnegan just like screwing over this kingdom, doing the weapons trading thing, a final chase. That's your action set piece. But then you've got, like, also the Swordsman of Light and Theo and the Needless Switcher that you see coming a thousand miles
0: away. I I will say this much, though. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am not a fan of prophecies and fiction. Like the whole, like, Chosen One and Destiny and all that. Mm
2: -hmm. Even if if it's in, like, a fantasy series like Game of Thrones or even Star Wars?
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm not into it. It kind of goes against my whole personal philosophy and all that. Okay. But I, I will say this much, though. I like how, you know, even if I don't like the actual concept, I do like how it led to Goldman having his own subplot. And that's something yeah. that I think that this true. special does really well is that all five main characters have something going on. Yeah. Nobody yeah is, that's true. Nobody's really shafted in, in terms of screen time or p- plot relevance. And I think that's one of the things this special does the best. I agree. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has something.
4: That's a good point that you bring up, Chris, especially with, like, the whole, like, Fio plotline and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, because Goemon is so often exactly. misused or not used at all. And
0: mm-hmm.
4: that's not the case.
0: Like, even in Lupin the Third, the movie The First, like, you know, Goemon's great in it, but he does feel like a little bit of an afterthought at times. But this one, mm-hmm. but this one though, it, yeah, you know, he's actually relevant. And I appreciated that. Yes.
4: Yeah. Nah. I, I sincerely love at the auction scene. That's actually probably like my favorite scene in the entire special because it just turns into complete madness, everything going on. And <laughs> like, he just jumps up out of nowhere and just like, I love like the animation. The animation
0: of the whole special.
4: Yes. And he. he just- has- like cuts it and like the hat and like the propeller starts like it's so great i love that scene
3: it's so good
4: yeah. i mean
2: you know, going back to the utilization of the main cast, especially because, you, you know, Emma, again, you're right. The whole, you know, Goemon is either underutilized or, or not utilized at all. And Zenagata kind of falls into that um, category as well, because sometimes it's just like, well, what are we going to do with Zenigata? Either we're going to fuck him over, cough, cough, um, Nostradamus, um, mm. or Dragon of Doom, but, um, or we're going to buff him up a little bit. But. Plot wise, with the whole like separation of, of the three boys, it opens up for their main for their own plot points and it works. Like, again, like my thing is, I don't mind prophecies if it's in a fantasy series, which is why, like, the prince that was promised in Game of Thrones or You Were the Chosen One, Anakin, as, as stupid as that was, it worked. Um, question mark. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to open up the Star Wars debate, but essentially for this, it just. It made no sense to me, but I did like that there was that plot point with Goemon because it meant that he was being used and he wasn't yeah. an afterthought. So thank you, Goemon. <laughs> it's,
3: like, it's like they've almost got it. He didn't get much screen time in the first. He usually gets kind of shafted. In this special, he doesn't get shafted, but the story's not that interesting. We're almost there. Like you know, yeah, We're yeah. getting that progression of like, next time he's going to have his own subplot. It's going to be great.
4: We're, we're, we're almost there with with them. <laughs>
3: In the mainline series, I did. The yeah. Kawika films already had this handled. Yeah. I was going to say, it's,
0: it's going to be like a Fuma Conspiracy all over again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well,
2: I'm not a big I mean, I enjoyed Fuma Conspiracy, but it's not my favorite. But this is why I really enjoy the trash. Well, my trash with Goemon is Dragon of Doom because I love Titanic. And because
4: his. It's <laughs> well, it, not even trash. I just. That's pretty good. A lot of time forget that it exists. <laughs> and, and I'm like. This is really good. Yeah, I call it my trash because I'm obsessed with Titanic shit.
2: Again, <laughs> Titanic is one of my favorite films, and I hate to admit it.
4: I used to <laughs> mine too. It's a good movie.
3: Wouldn't PyCal be more your trash?
4: Yes. PyCal <laughs> is my trash. Shut <laughs> up. It's like, We're all entitled to
2: at least one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> PyCal
2: is my trash, and I am Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yeah, just own it. Just let them.
4: Named. Oh yeah, <laughs>
2: like like, <laughs> what was that one meme? Um, to tell I I think it for me it was tell you try telling people that Pycal is your favorite OVA and see if you get accepted from the from the liberal left. So
4: much for the tolerant left. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Like you mentioned, Senigata, um, and he is probably. Well, he's just my favorite character overall of the main part. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, either same with Goemon, either horrendously underutilized or just misused. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that the strongest specials are the ones where Zenigata is really strong in. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And this. Oh. I mean, you and I agree that's the best one is Tokyo Crisis, so I think you're I mean, onto something.
2: Yeah! Exactly.
4: Exactly. It's not,
2: it's not my favorite, but I can vibe with Tokyo Crisis because of how well Zenigata was written. This
0: mm-hmm.
4: one also falls into that. Like,
2: he is... Awesome. Own, right?
0: it's, like, it's like, this is my favorite version of Zenigata. It's like, on one hand, he is funny. He is the best mm-hmm. the jokes. But on the other hand, he's a total badass. Yeah! Exactly. Like, I like that. He
4: Like... And I like how he how he plays off of like with Yata. Like mm-hmm. that is a very, very fun and intriguing aspect of this special, um, that was not really explored in the correct way or the way that I would have wanted in part five.
3: No. In part five, Yata is an absolute non
0: entity, having yeah. just rewatched it. It's like it's like I always say, like Yata is a solution to a problem that did not exist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yada, Yada, I, I, I say Yada was just the fanboy that walked around Zenigata. I, I I don't know what the reason was to put him in part five because
3: mm-hmm.
2: it made it made no sense at all.
3: Literally all he does is ask questions like Zenigata, why can't we go after him, Zenigata? This yeah. is why. Yada. Yeah. Oh. It just it's that. Over and over and over. And at the end, he's like, "You, you guys, put into
2: on this case. You, you've done this to him, my boy." And then
3: the guy like, "Yada, shut up." It's okay. why does he kind
2: of remind me of um of Vicky from Island of Assassins? If Vicky actually <laughs> was good, <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, uh, uh, like <laughs> but like, I'm glad that he was in part five because he was in this special because yes. he was a great part of it. Um and he actually did some things for it, once. It, yep. it made Zenigata even that much more interesting. Yes. Um and, and, and cuz uh, like not only is he like a supportive uh like kind of role model for Yata, but he's also like ragging on him too.
3: Yes. That that was fun. Just like the whole gang just occasionally ragging on him at oh, that moment. So funny. After <laughs> the auction you know, like, like they take out the helicopter and there's this badass moment where they all get surrounded and they're like, they think they can take us on. And it's like, oh, I mean, it's like, well, let's show them what we can really do. And they just turn out start running. And Yata's like, guys? he goes so like, what are you doing?
4: You run in a situation like this. Then literally was like, Yata,
0: this is Bush League. Like... <laughs> It's called, it's called a strategic reti- uh, retreat, Yana.
2: <laughs> also, booty shaking Zenigata. That little, little tush shake he does. Let's
3: talk about that sequence. I'm glad you brought that up. That is <laughs> one of my favorite things in the special. For many reasons.
4: What? And a booty shaking? Shaking his ass? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> because
3: it, it encapsulates everything Chris just mentioned about Zenigata in this special. Because like he's obviously silly. And like genuinely funny. And he's also like, uh, you know, he's pulling the one chance for a prison break card with that yeah. with that
0: warden. Who would have ever guessed that you're actually ICPO? It took you long enough! Now let us out! It's too bad that doesn't change the fact you're never getting out of there.
1: What's that supposed to mean? Well, please, uh, come on! You gotta spring us free! I uh, ain't no cop! I don't even know who this tiny gotta is! I'm just a beggar uh, who was hired by some guy named Lupin! Seriously? Please! We're innocent, I swear! Shut up
0: already! Did you really think I'd fall for that act? Hmm. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, like, I know we uh complain about this series referencing back to Cagliostro so damn often.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I feel like up being a bad actor is something I don't mind them returning to. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a nice <laughs> bit of characterization and it's hilarious. <laughs> It's great. And they do it twice in
3: this one too. Like the moment in the prison cell and then at, at the auction when Fujiko catches him, it's like, I can't believe I've been caught again. You like <laughs> hear him off in the distance. Yeah,
4: I know. It's like, dude, uh, that's, stop, please.
3: <laughs> I like him making <laughs> all the buttons and pulling a Hages in the Gata yes. and just like oh, doing yeah. the- and that guard
0: like, interrupts me. He's like, you shut up. <laughs> he keeps looking like, at yeah. the buttons. Yeah and, was- and, yeah, and then he shoots him in, in the shades, like in both lenses mm-hmm. of his sunglasses, you know, <laughs> just to put him in his place. He didn't have to it's do that, so but at the same time, he kind of did. It
4: yeah. Yeah. actually shows how cunning Zenigata is as a character, which I appreciate all the time. Well, alongside that goofy exterior where he is shaking his butt. and like yada yada is just like oh please god (laughs) kill me please and then
3: like yeah their underwear is really
4: cute
3: Uh, exactly because like you know he's a badass he almost break like he threatens to break a guy's thumbs perfectly nails all the buttons on the keypad and the dude's sunglasses but then emerges from the prison cell with his pants around his ankles (laughs) 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 which i also love the detail of like it looks like he's wearing lupon's boxers and I love that that yeah. reveal happens when Zenagata mentions something to the effect of, like, you know. Wow, Inspector, you're amazing!
1: Jason <laughs> Lupin has taught me some tricks. Now that's incredible. It's just like they say experience is the best teacher. You calling Lupin my teacher?! Uh, um, Inspector, your pants? Mm. Hm. Well, I see yours have hearts on them.
3: Huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> and it, like, zooms back, and he's wearing, like, the underwear. <laughs>
4: I didn't even catch that. That's great. I right.
0: right. <laughs> like he makes a fashion test from the guy. It's wonderful.
4: Uh, uh, that, like, Doug Erholz in this was just so good like oh, not that, like it's when he gotta like just i think one of the strongest characters in this special it, mm-hmm.
0: i think it's you, you won't you won't you won't
4: you won't you won't his little like bob up and down like animated <laughs> like while he's doing that and uh, how he like really he truly honestly believes in rehabilitation
3: mm-hmm. that was nice
4: i'm like oh that's nice i uh, like a cab still,
3: but like. <laughs> in a cab accepts Zenigata and
2: Yada. A, a-, a- <laughs> cab, but like, there's a handful of fictional cops I would put my life, uh, you know, I would put my life in their hands for, and Zenigata and Yada are one, are a few of those. Like,
3: Zenigata Yada, the cast of Pat Labor.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, for me, it's also the cast of Brooklyn Nine Nine, Sarahs Victoria, Tauf and Lin Beifong, and Colombo. The end.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Yada, I wrote in my notes here that. Yada is actually a character here, mm-hmm. but still a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. He didn't add a whole lot, but I admit that I like what he did add.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's what I'm going to say. That's probably all I have to say about Yada.
4: <laughs> You're so fucking petty about Yada. <laughs> it's like, we
2: didn't need him. It's, but, you no, know, we didn't. But, you know, I do. I mean, I... I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in that camp of the fangirls that love him, that treat him like ooh, ooh baby Yada. But <laughs> for me it's just more along the lines of I'm gonna have so much fun with him and what I write for him in my yeah. fanfiction. Other than that, like he's just a tool. So Yeah,
0: I I don't love the character, but I was okay with him in this. That's agreed. That's I'm saying. This is the most I've ever enjoyed Yada, I'll say that much.
4: Good, good, because I, I like how he plays off like all—not even just Zenigata, like I mentioned, but like literally all of them.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
4: he like he is just like enthralled by Jegan.
0: But...
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Like, he's like, I didn't he like steal the gun.
3: He he steals a gun, but that's one of my favorite moments. And again, I I love that I love Yacht's purpose in this, where like he's trying to be part of the gang, but he just doesn't quite have it yet. Right. He steals that gun. Jigan's like, hey,
1: now that's what I call finder's keepers. Hey, this is a pretty nice one. You might not make a bad thief someday. Yeah, this baby'd fetch 10 grand on the market.
0: Well, I guess experience is
1: the best teacher after all. Just one bullet? I take back what I said. <sighs>
4: <laughs> yeah, that like, what I mentioned earlier with like uh, kind of the moral compass not really being able like is kind of blurred. Mm-hmm. For Yata in this special because like obviously he's like Zenigata's little like protege, but he's doing stuff like that and is just like completely hard eyes enamored with all of the gang Mm -hmm. so it's like where where are you falling here um (laughs) i i think it's just cute and it also just kind of shows how young he is Mm -hmm, you know as a character because it's like oh my god these these people are amazing you know which (laughs) they are and we know that but like as like a character that's supposed to be like an officer it's like probably shouldn't be feeling Mm -hmm. that way yeah just like in
3: prison the past he he took the stick out of his ass that he had in part five and like actually Mm -hmm. starts to like have fun Mm -hmm.
4: right right yeah yeah like that's like really what it is he's like he's just kind of loosening up a little bit and it's probably Mm -hmm. just passage of time type thing Mm
3: -hmm. yeah let's see touch on the humor of this but before we move on, I want to talk about all of the uh, the thieves who who owe who feel like they owe Finnegan a debt, because that's one of my favorites. One of I think it, I don't know I don't know if it's my favorite, but one one of my favorite set pieces in this is like the simultaneous break in. Yeah, with yeah. Everyone, you get everyone's deal on a road down because Doctor Hines, you got the Flying Master Thief, the Balmer Brothers, the robot wielding thieves, Baron Orellana. Thief of Beasts. Dynamite Joe, thief of big explosions. <laughs> uh,
2: Dynamite Joe, another one of Gian's exes. Because yeah. I, I,
4: Dynamite Joe is so funny to me, as like, I yeah. it's
2: such a badass
0: name for one thing. It is. Dynamite it is.
4: Joe reminds me of this dude I went
2: to college with, <laughs> <laughs> except without the prop, uh, the the propensity for um for explosions. <laughs>
0: What else is there?
2: Right exactly. <laughs> no, but he totally looked like um Dynamite Joe, so I was like, Oh dear lord.
4: Yeah, I am like, of course that's the American character. That didn't
0: work yep. Well, <laughs> so, you know, just when I thought that the dude was a little too over the top and I thought that he needed to chill, he literally did. <laughs>
2: Can, can, I just, can I just like shout out to that one line in the dub—the whole, you know, um, when Jigen comes up to him and it, as after they've been captured and they're getting ready for the to be traffic.
0: Hey there, long time no see, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed that.
3: I, I, I love the moment he rocks up and just you immediately see on Lupin's face he just doesn't want to. Like he just he's not having his shit. Yeah, you know, like, he's Lupin's just like, just
2: who like the fuck just, is this shit? Just
3: kind of. Throws up like the nonchalant <laughs> peace sign at him. Yeah. yeah, he just couldn't be bothered.
4: It's like, <laughs> tell me you're a jealous partner without telling me you're a jealous partner.
2: No, I, I, don't even, I don't even see jealousy. I just think of it as like Lupin looking at Jigen, like, you have like an acquired taste when it comes <laughs> to your men, bro.
4: Like, kind fuck? Of like, uh,
3: another one. Uh- <laughs> Lovely.
4: Another, really? It's like Scott Pilgrim up in here. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a phase, I swear.
0: You had a dynamite phase? You had a sexy phase.
3: I love Dr. Hines, like in his high-tech suit just flying up being so just like So theatrical, where it's like, I'm sorry, my dearest Fujiko, I cannot return this for I owe a debt to this. And then he just immediately gets shot down. How vexing.
0: See, I I thought he was the least interesting of all of them. Oh, yeah. But I think because of that, he's still really quirky and entertaining, which I think that just goes to show how kind of wasted all these uh, guys were. I, especially the Bomber Brothers. I think my favorite yes. might be the Bomber Brothers because they're just like <laughs> <laughs> they
3: refer- the robot keeps re- keeps referring. To the- they keep calling him Third
0: Brother. We made it. You did well, Third Bro.
1: Thank you, Older
0: Brother. <laughs> even though even Brobot is right there, they didn't go for it. <laughs> Bro-bot. <laughs> Brobot. I mean, of course, Where I think it's final got- boss of uh, Super Paper Mario, but that's beside the point. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I, like they. I feel like they got in the least too. Like, yeah, yeah. it was a really
3: fun dynamic too. They were just like the, the, they were like the least offensive, like kind of wholesome. I was kind of rooting for them
4: for a minute. I was like, oh man, these guys just seem sweet. Didn't <laughs> you have the one? What's the one that shape shifts?
0: Well, I was, I was, was going to say you also had a you know. Robots' interactions with Lupin, which I thought were pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah oh my yeah. God! After,
2: after Lupin finds the robot, third yeah. row, yeah, the little hat,
4: like he puts the hat on, and he's like,
2: oh,
0: I no. especially, I especially like the way it blushed after Lupin.
3: Yeah, off the, yeah. Off the, yeah, of the uh, casing. <laughs> That moment, spe- like specifically, cracking me up because, like, you know, when he when he puts Jigen's hat on it and its batteries powering it down.
0: Hey, that looks pretty good on you. Jigen's gonna be jealous. All right, let's go. A massive treasure awaits. Yeah. So it's not just the wine that's lacking, huh? <laughs>
2: no, no snowball, no. Don't give up your power,
4: Overwatch. It reference anybody. that <laughs> happens
3: again, like quickly afterwards, where he's like, he's like you know,
0: initiating lights. Now that's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Don't turn off, okay? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think like that's probably like scripting wise, the best part of like this special or like the background things like that. Because during the auction scene, like when they're talking about, um I think Heinz, one of the wheels. thanks, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll
1: buy him. He's easy enough to break. Torment him a little, and you'll discover the location in no time.
4: Well, thanks. I'll do that. Please
1: don't do Damn, that. Damn, that's messed up.
4: <laughs> Every time that makes me laugh. This is like <laughs> you in the background. Like, what is <laughs> that? <laughs> thanks, I'll do that. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> oh, man.
0: Know, it's, it's not explicitly related, but the uh, robot dog, is it just me or did that look just like Josephine from part four? It did. That's like immediately where my brain went
4: to. Josephine, when it jumps out of the robot, yeah, 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 because the actual robot I thought was like a very vicious version of K nine from Doctor Who. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah,
0: was-
3: <laughs> I love the first interaction with that robot because it's Baron Orellana. Yeah, and he says, "Um, uh-
4: intruder detected. Surrender within three seconds, or I will be forced to attack."
1: Foolish bot. A beast can be intimidated by a countdown. Moron! What did you just call me? Yeah.
4: (laughs) What did you say? I love that scene, too, because he's, like, crawling along, like, (laughs) Sneak, Sneak, (laughs) and, like, all the people in the cell, like, staring at him, like, what the fuck? Sneaky, (laughs) sneaky,
1: sneaky, sneaky.
0: Anyway, sneaky, sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons I like this special so much. It is legitimately funny. In, a way, so funny. in a way we did not have it in Lupin III for such a long time. And <laughs> apparently we're not getting sense. It's, it's like, I just want to be fun again. Ah, uh, same.
3: And I, 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 but again, one thing I do love with that whole set piece of all, like, you know, the other thieves getting quickly dispatched. I love how you just got the Lupin gang just breezing through all of them like it oh, means yeah. nothing. Just like I specifically love the very part two and or part three gag where Lupin just puts in the thing a gum, blows okay. it up, they crawl <laughs> inside of it. I and mean, I specifically so love the dub line.
4: Yes. I was about to say we're talking about scripting that line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all set. Our chariot awaits. Oh man, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Your lunch. Didn't you have pot stickers? Haha, ha, very funny. Then again, I am feeling gassy. No, don't.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, don't.
1: <laughs>
4: they go in that bubble. Yeah, no, I loved that. I loved that. It was so cute. And yeah, they get through all of those obstacles with ease. Like they throw the bone at the dog. I figure out how they uh, get past the robot that, Took out the Bomber Brothers.
3: They're just like short circuited, and Lupin like pops, the bi- like pops
0: the batteries out of it. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah that that that's true. Effect.
4: So, yeah, just like get through with ease,
0: and then it's so there's good. that scene with the bubble gum. That whole bit felt very uh, monkey punch ish to me. Yeah, yeah. Especially the bit with the bubble gum, because there is a uh, chapter of Shin Lupin where Lupin just uh, keeps experimenting with blowing bubbles that are mm-hmm. like perfect replications of people. And so that's. <laughs> i I could totally see monkey punch like drawing that whole bit though with 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 the bubble gum in the hallway
4: i I appreciate any chance for a fart joke too so
3: (laughs) especially a a well-written one because that's a good because it's like it happens and it's very quick and the (laughs) punchline's great just no don't
4: (laughs) (laughs) i I think that was like one of my favorite lines in the entire special was that no don't (laughs) like
3: I think that's why I, very, I really like the first two-thirds of this is because it does feel very monkey-punched, like, you know, elaborate prison, breaking out a thief, all these thieves,
0: like, competing with each other. I mean, even even the third act with the uh, prison security system yes. feels very much monkey-punchish.
4: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I can totally see that happening in, like, New Adventures or Shin Lupin or something, you know, with the stone columns and all that. I, I really
3: vibe with all the prison stuff where I'm like, you know, this is great. Then we get to the, yeah. the kingdom and Prince i I'm like, oh, yeah, it's TV special. But thankfully, (laughs) like, that's, I like that that's at the end. I don't like that it's mostly just exposition and static shots. I'm like, you know, where's Osamu Dezaki when you need him? Because, like, even when there was exposition scenes in his special, you, like, had, like, a teacup with the character's face reflected in it. So you're like, oh, man, this is a cool image. But here's just people talking.
4: Because everything leading up to that is very dynamic and very exciting. Like, you have the prison Mm-hmm. basically like closing in on itself. And that was like a very like high stakes moment. Um, like you don't know if they're going to like get out alive, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And they get stuck in a tiny room. Um, which I love that scene too, because Goimon's like, I'm being framed. <laughs> 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 You have that, and then you also have the scene where they're in the little cars on the water, which I thought was a little, like, neat little thing. I was like, Oh, that's
0: so cute! That was such a damn cool set piece. That was, I I love that whole thing. It was, was that's great. It was, it was like, it was hugely interesting and very memorable. I liked it,
4: right? The entire fight scene during that, even like with Lorenza and um, Mm.
0: what's it, Skeletos
4: or Skeletos, yeah, what's what's it, I mean,
0: <laughs> Skeletor. That was definitely more memorable. Um, I will say that uh about that fight scene. Yeah, this fight on the water has, is a really damn cool sequence with nice animation, even if the participants have the ability to fly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like that, that bothered me slightly. But Chris, at least they it was
4: anyway
0: in a prison <laughs> and, you know, I mean, in it, a bubble. It didn't bother me too much. That's why I'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind too much. It's a very Hong Kong action movie. I, I, I appreciate uh-huh. it. It was like the yeah. animation was nice though, but then it was like in between moments of just like still shots. And the True. camera panning over them. And that, yeah. It's like, I thought we were better than this guys.
3: I, I really do love that set piece. The only thing like, again, it's not a big problem. It's just how you occasionally cut back to Lupin, just talking at Sex Exhibition. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I want to see the fight. Stop talking about the fight. Yes. show me the fight
4: oh,
0: oh,
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I do I do like the cuts back to like not the exposition so much, but like the right. little right. banter pieces yes yeah. Yeah, between totally. all three of them like yes. uh, I, I feel like, when Goemon's, like um I know in the Japanese version, he's saying like onward and onwards <laughs> I
1: think
4: like when he say uh, like I don't know because I think they hit. Lupin with the
0: gun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he takes he his head out of the car in like a really monkey punch-esque moment and yells at them.
4: Right, with the, the, <laughs> the, the, the bump on his head. Which
0: yeah, is exactly. It's like, yeah, I, I love that. And also, uh, it's it's kind of a small gag, but when uh, you know, Lupin hits the gas after rescuing Lorenza, and then the water just sprays right into their faces as they yeah. yeah, go <laughs> full, full speed ahead, that Man, that one got them
4: <laughs> Yeah, I keep yelling about how slow they are. Like, this is so
0: slow.
3: I specifically love that gag because when, when Goemon gets sprayed by the water, his hair be- just becomes like a yes. mop. <laughs> and he has to like <laughs> shake he, it.
0: I mean, he does it like two or three times. And it gets funnier each time. Oh, man. I wish I could do what Goemon did. Just shake my head and, you know, my hair it's goes right? where it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, you know, I, uh, a hairstyle reboot.
4: <laughs> I know, like... Yeah, it led up to like that the scene on the island, which kind of got like a little like eh, eh, womp. uh, womp, womp. But like all, everything up into like till that was like very exciting, and like yeah, Lorenza also getting on the thing, whatever, hovercraft thing, craft with Fujiko, and like didn't even hesitate. I was like, yes, lesbians, let's go.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: I, I was all for that. Their dynamic was so. Interesting
3: to me. That's why, like, I, I like I raised my I raised my eyebrow a little bit near the end. where are like, you know, is about to take off. And Lupin's like, you know, I'll come back to like, you know, I'll be back for and She's just like, eh. then she looks at Fujiko and just smiles. And I was like, all
2: right,
3: <laughs> I'm paying attention
2: again. This is I kind ship of, it. this just kind of proves my point from the inspiration of this.
3: Yeah, Harold <laughs> Say now that we're at the uh, kingdom of Dorinte, PO, all that yeah. uh, natalie you've, 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 you've got a theory about this
2: yeah oh <laughs> well it's more on the prison than it is about the kingdom itself oh, i mean okay. well it's because you know it, it doesn't surprise me that there are lupon stories that are set in prisons because mm-hmm. you know We've yeah. had great Lupin, Lupin stories <laughs> where Lupin is in prison. I'm thinking back to I'm our starting Kid episode. Not just episode.
0: either. It's grandfather too.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, true. You know, um, the escape of of Arsene Lupin in the original LeBlanc novel.
0: such yeah, a good
2: one. <laughs> but no, um, so long story short, where I got this idea and it kind of been cemented by whom wrote this being in theater. Um, around the time I watched this, cause I watched it when Amazon came out um, with the, um, with, what was it? digital? Like, <laughs> on digital, yeah, when they released it on digital, yes. Um, around this time uh, SF Opera showed the only opera that Wolfgang, the Wolfgang, that uh, Ludwig von Beethoven ever did, uh, Fidelio it's a really interesting opera. It's funny that he, in the nine years that he worked on it, he revised it so many times. And then after that, he was just like, fuck this. I'm not doing another opera again. Mozart, Mozart can do what he wants me. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Fidelio tells the story of a woman named Leonore, who, whose husband uh, Florestian had been arrested because he was kind of like a political enemy. And, she disguises herself as a, um, as a cop named Fidelio. So she disguises herself as a man in order to find her husband. In fact, Fidelio means fidelity. And she goes undercover as a prison, as a, as a prison cop, uh, for two years and, and gets the enamored, um, love of one of the, um, in this version of SF opera, they made her like a secretary, but she's kind of like a, a, prison, a prison maid um, of another woman, like so much so that the woman asked her dad, hey, uh, I kind of like that Fidelio dude over there. Can I like marry him? <laughs> and, and, but at the core of it, um, the other element that I feel was kind of like taken from there is that this whole time Leonore thinks Florestian is dead the florestian has been kept in solitary confinement under under pizarro the the warden of the prison and yeah if you're wondering it's actually an opera with a happy ending and it really does focuses on, it just focus a lot about prisons and what prison does to people it's interesting how like an, an opera and a play from the 19th century still you know back then still brings up this topic that we're still having in you know, on God's green earth in the 21st century about prison and rehabilitation of prisoners and people. So part of the elements that I feel was taken from Fidelia was, you know, that one, that one, you know, feel, feel, feel um prison guard, Lorenza, the prisoner that, um, that is is hidden under um solitary confinement, the king. And of course, somebody who is hiding their identity because they they themselves can't reveal their true selves. Theo. So I don't know. I know like it, it felt a little convoluted, especially now that I've explained the plot. But it's just I, I just watched Prison of the Past right after I had watched that, like two days later, and I was like Feel like y'all are taking plots and want to talk about prison.
3: <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute.
2: It's I cute. mean, I mean, granted, there wasn't you know like a woman disguising themselves as a man, but it wasn't too far off, especially when you, you have the sure. sapphic undertones with Lorenza and Fujiko. I mean, Fujiko herself, you could kind of equate her as like the pr- the prison nurse, prison prisons uh, maid who's trying to help the other prisoners. But even though in reality, she's there to like, try to get Finnegan herself.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I just find it funny that Beethoven wrote only like one opera and just basically was like, fuck this. <laughs> again,
2: <laughs> Very basic of him. Again, it, 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 it the writing process, it, he wrote it, it was released. It was revised. Four times in nine years, it went from three acts to two. And yeah. when when people in Vienna asked him, are you going to write another another opera? He was like, fuck no. It's, it's <laughs> like
3: uh, when Daniel Craig was in, being interviewed after filming Spectre. And he was like, yeah. I would rather take that glass and break it and slash my wrist before I do another Bond movie.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, thinking of opera history, Mozart, who never stopped. Like this dude, poor thing. This dude died in his... Back late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, I'm talking about Mozart. Mozart wrote several operas. Mozart wrote like a lot in his, in his lifetime and yet Beethoven writes the
4: one. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, I'm going to focus on like early metal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the third movement of Moonlight Sonata.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Bill and Ted say that he really liked uh, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, well, an- another thing with Fidelio, um, part parts of Ode to Joy were in the opera that later became that symphony. So. Oh. Nice. Yeah, the part, there's a scene that does remind me from Prison of the Past in Fidelio, where all the prisoners are allowed to go outside and to have a little bit of like sunlight. And they sing, the chorus that they sing is one of the first movements from Ode to Joy. So yeah, that one movement, even though it started getting chaotic, for some reason, Ode to Joy was playing in the back of my head
4: oh, as they know, were getting maybe, out of the prison. Maybe like when they're blowing up like the rocket that's coming mm-hmm. at the island, maybe it would have been more exciting if they played Ode to Joy in the back of <Yes>. Someone just superimposed it. I, I love any edit with that song in it. Like any yes. like action movie edit with that song, like top tier. Which
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> is the greatest Christmas movie ever? Die Hard. Exactly. Yeah. They play Ode to Joy when the vault opens up.
2: Exactly. See you. Get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, that is that is the best Christmas movie ever. Thank you for pointing that out. They,
4: they, they would have improved Prison of the Past at the end. <laughs> If they just put Beethoven's
0: undismayed in there. So. You know, so, I'm a huge so, uh, Beethoven fan, so. So, uh, speaking of unintentional references, am I the only one that thought that the uh, fat scientist looked like he came from Gary Larson's The Far Side?
4: Oh my god, you're right! Now that,
0: now that you pointed
4: out, <laughs> what's <it? laughs>
0: I mean, it's like you the very right. YouTuber comic of all time, so. I you thought know. you I was like, <laughs> some reason
4: that looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can, I can totally see that. I can totally see like Gary Larson like doing a strip though, where like Lupin's like choking out that guard or that scientist. <laughs> I, I love that whole
3: scene because after he like chokes him out, he just starts eating his popcorn, like stuffing his face full of it. And his cheeks just go like chipmunk. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Fujiko plugs his nose and like keeps holding it, and he's like, "You can let go of my nose now." Oh, <laughs> she lets go,
3: he's got his like his little hands and got yep. the, the little cat face.
4: <laughs> also, I feel like it's worth pointing out. Hello nurse. Yeah, yeah. I was right. yes. <laughs> Fuji, we have not talked enough about Fujiko in this special. Mm. Fujiko,
2: not just the nurse outfit because she looked amazing, but mm. this was just, you know,
4: this was oh, this was top tier. In oh, yes. that security, yeah, like that guard outfit, like the all green, like the military like uniform. She
0: looks cool in shades. She does. Yes. I mean she looks good in anything though.
4: Seriously, just, um, and like,
0: you I know, mean, when she like, I mean, starts she wouldn't even, would even look good not wearing anything.
4: Exactly. I mean, Lupin oh, race, She does that change, really quick change. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, it, I think Fujiko herself was written very well here. Yeah. No, because yes. like, she was like, like really competent. And, uh you know, she does end up like getting away with the treasure at the end for the most part. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are also moments of like, silliness there with her. Yeah. Right, which, she, I, which I really
4: appreciated. She was also like having like a bit of sweetness to her
0: mm-hmm. that
4: yeah. really isn't captured very often. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, like her kind of, like grabbing on like Lupin and like shaking him like a rag doll, <laughs> and she's so cute there.
3: It's great because like she's written so well in this, and they actually handle they actually like really handle her well. But I loved that like the moment she sees all that gold, she starts kind of going feral. What?
4: I want it. You'll get it for me as a gift, won't you, Lupin? All of it, right? It's yeah, like yeah. head empty right? when she like sees that and it's like pretty. Yeah, it." Go
0: for I, mean, it uh, I like when Fujiko has like you know little quirks like that like the rest of the gang does. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel right, like it's exactly. we see often we don't see it often enough.
4: no, I agree. like Fujiko's not really often allowed to be like quirky or silly yeah. and like yeah, exactly. yeah it's yeah. Really, really refreshing to see that. and yeah, she definitely definitely was coming on to lorenza like yeah oh
3: yeah
4: um, like she was, was like yeah, and then like like when going on when they're all trapped in the little room and going like i'm being framed and fujiko i was like oh it was me it was me whoever's doing that cut it out keep your hands yeah, on me that hurts
0: i swear it wasn't me i'm being framed
4: I'm sorry. It's actually me. Oh my!
2: <laughs> the sapphic undertones in
4: this—seriously,
2: so good, so good. Good stuff.
0: I like that. Uh, you know, in that same take, there, like Lupin's hand is like on the fourth wall. Yeah, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's like I'm not sure how else he would have, how else he would have done that, but. That's, that's how
2: I saw it. I think even like one one thing you know you point that out, Emma, and and I do remember there were a little bit of quirky moments from Fujiko, especially in part two and and in some elements part three. So it's always a nice refresher when she's when she's more comedic and less you know uh, as I'm pointing <laughs> to <at> my boobs.
3: <laughs> that's why uh, the that's why the uh, the part three homage in part and part five is such a damn good episode. She's oh God, I love
2: that.
3: When she threatens to lobotomize Lupin it's one of the funniest (laughs) moments.
2: Her tag teaming with Jigen like, oh, they are they are a group that should never you know, tag team because they would ruin this world for the better. (laughs) He almost killed him! Exactly!
4: Lee!
3: I love when she's got the stake in the hammer and Jigen's like
0: She's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait We can do something better! Which, I mean, we, I mean, we could talk about the best episode of Part 5 all night. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's not what we're here for, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, unfortunately. I also really like
3: Fuchiko's outfit like, near the end of this, like with the purple jacket and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It rules.
0: Yeah, I've
4: thought about trying to cosplay that. It seems like, easy enough, but that would be one where you need like a group. I don't know if I would be able to cosplay it on its own and like be recognized.
0: Yeah.
3: Now, speaking of clothes or the lack thereof, we got to talk about... The most important aspect of fan service in this, we get some good Lupin fan service in this, my friends.
0: Go in his fondoshi. in his I was going to say that I, I wrote in my notes putting the fun in fondoshi. <laughs> Go in yeah. his fondoshi.
3: Yes, but I'm talking about when when Lup- A, in the beginning, but when Lupin like washes up on short and it's just the boxers and tie combo. That is a look. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's so he's so cute too. He makes all of his food. More going on naked, please. More <laughs> any of them naked. They, they,
3: I I I second this notion.
4: Yeah, about <laughs>
3: not naked.
4: You're you're straight. Yeah. Yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like it be like an episode of Naked and Afraid.
3: <laughs> I like him uh, I like a, a tabby on Twitter mentioned that her like her running theory with Lupin in the koike movies is that he's losing one article of clothing yeah. as each movie goes on the yeah. I mean, he's gonna be naked
4: yeah when you look at it, it's like wait a minute wait a minute wait
3: a minute <laughs> <laughs> this theory confirmed
2: No, honestly for goimon nothing will top <laughs> top nothing <laughs> will top dead or alive as he's coming out of the water and he's dripping wet and you see those biceps and those
4: is, abs.
0: Or, or or as Drew once called it, Goy Man. Go yes! Man. that is, is like Goy Man.
4: Blatant act of fan service probably in a series. Like not even like even Fujiko, like forget that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. we get plenty from her. Like it's, it's literally
2: dead
3: like dead or like, alive. Like like from, 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 I'm going to say tit, from head to toe, but it was way really from toe to head. Yeah. <laughs> it goes
2: up. Like they the, knew. They knew what they
4: were doing. You we know what for you're doing whole here, my whole friends. Full body scan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: bet the artist had fun with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't
3: you know, like the last time we had Jigen naked was in part two and Lupin takes pictures of him in the
2: shower? Yes.
4: That,
2: his butt just looks weird in that. <laughs> it needs to be remedied. It's like
4: tiny butt. Yeah, and we're remedied, you believe. can kind of kind of see that too in Prison of the Past in his like orange jumpsuit. He kind of <laughs> has a tiny butt there too. Okay.
0: That man needs to do his squats. Like. Yeah, yeah. So Speaking of Jigen and Unity, one of these days, <laughs> Jigen's going to be hatless and TMS is going to put pixelation or a black bar over his eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing the bangs again, aren't we? We are. Budget cuts, budget cuts. All right, because like, in the opening sequence, which is Zenigata's dreaming, he dreams Jigen having the correct hair. Mm-hmm. But in the actual, you know, real-life part of the story, Jigen's hair is all wrong. He has those damn bangs covering his eyes. <laughs>
3: That's the thing. I, I'm not a bangs hater because I think they work with Miyazaki's design. And the Part Four one specifically, the the bangs don't work with the, with 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 Mara Fuji's design. It's like it's literally just like lump lump, and you're like, man, what is that? <laughs> what died and landed on your head,
0: he, my dude? <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I get it. Like his hat usually covers his eyes, but his eyes don't need to be covered when he's not wearing it. That's not how that exactly works.
4: right, right?
0: You know, I'm I'm. I have long hair myself, all right? I, that's not how it works. You well, you
2: we be- barely have bangs, one, and two. Again, this just confirms my theory that the reason why they always put the bangs over the eyes is just because budget cuts. They don't. There's mm-hmm. not enough money in the animation budget to, to give <laughs> Gigan eyes.
4: <laughs> Sir, your eyes are gone. You
0: don't have enough money for your eyes. Like I said, one of these days, they're just going to flat out censor his eyes. It's- <laughs> Basically,
4: you know, just it's it's going to be like
0: that cool, like, like a story arc in uh, Bloom County when Opus has his nose job, and they just keep like putting increasingly ridiculous things in front of his face to cover it up.
2: Or, or they could do kind of like Miss Bellum and Powerpuff Girls, or like Wizard Kelly and the Proud Family, <laughs> <laughs> where they don't show anything from the <laughs> chest up.
0: Or, or they do her hair's like over her face anyway. So yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But uh, if we're talking about my my pet peeves now, which we weren't, but hey, this is a good segue as any.
2: I already know it. I already know it. And I, I already have a rebuttal,
0: but go, go, Chris. Goemon gets his own name wrong again. Again? Ugh, just leave it alone. No. no. You might as well just call him Goemon Bob Von Ishikawa the 12th Jr. If you're going to westernize his name, just go full on with it, even though he's oh. the least western of the whole cast. Again, just let them do
2: the Game of Thrones thing. I, Goemon of House Ishikawa, first of my name, wielder
4: of Zantetskin.
0: See, see, that's okay because the 13th is not part of his name.
4: Chris is going to bring this up every episode and I'm all right with that.
0: I am
3: too. Literally, when, when Beck and I were watching this and he said, like, I'm Goemon Ishikawa, the 13th, I, said, I was like, no! <laughs> 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 not,
4: that is not your name. <laughs> Objection!
3: You, of all people, should know this. So I'm like that. I'm like that Alan Partridge Bond thing.
0: Stop getting going on wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and like, again, like I like the dub of the script. It's just, it's just little things like that that get to me.
3: I don't say Arsene Lupin at any point. Seriously,
0: we, we've
3: been spared that.
2: Yeah.
0: Jesus, and I do like that.
2: Uh, I'm just unfazed by it. Is there? I don't know why I'm unfazed by it, and I do apologize. It just it doesn't really bother me.
0: Well, it's. If he wasn't such a Japanese character, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't bother me as much, but adding the 13th onto his name, that's a very Western thing to do, mm-hmm. and and I think that's why it bothers me. Valid? Yeah. Yeah, no, but
2: I understand that. I just...
4: Mm.
0: Also, as a Kentuckian, I feel like mentioning that the uh, fried chicken they were eating looked pretty good. It did. It did.
4: Well, <laughs> sandwiches were um, pretty good, too, actually. Oh, yeah. Um...
2: I know, so, like well I think that
0: Miss Delicious sandwich.
2: I know Tabby Wolf um, pointed out on Twitter that it looked like a Cubano, and honestly, as somebody who's been to Florida and has had authentic Cubanos from Tampa, because that's where they're from, doesn't really look like a Cubano to me.
4: I didn't think it was like a Cubano. I just thought it was like a cold cut. Yeah, same. Like a regular yeah. cold cut sandwich. Or like maybe like a fancier, like with like nice meat on like like bocacha.
2: Like I, I will say this. Um what's the name of the country again? Uh Dorintente. yeah. It, it, Dorintente kind of looks like Dubrovnik to me. Dubrovnik, Croatia, where they film um King's Landing in um Game of Thrones.
4: Oh. Right. I was it looked very like Yeah, I think I was able to say it same, like Croatia.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, again, my only my only knowledge of Croatia is really they film the King's Landing scenes in Dubrovnik. So that's what it looked like to me. And I don't think Dubrovnik, I've never been to Croatia, so I don't think Dubrovnik has sandwiches that look like that. But if they do, I'm down to eat. I know they have a real, a lot of good ice cream shops. So that's the yeah. only thing I know about it. That this, the food in this looked really good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the, the fried chicken looked good. I, and it, and this is somebody who wants to go to Jollibee after we film this shit.
3: <laughs> I, I love Jigen, like, just having none of the marketplace... People like that one guy's like you know,
1: we sell the finest diamonds
3: and gold, and
1: they're straight from the palace.
3: They're like the ones Prince Vio wore when he was among the living. You yeah, so like chickens going by, you're like you're just to get deflated.
4: Yeah, no, <laughs> like, for bringing that because I totally like I remember when I watched that like recently, like that scene, like little lines like that, and it's kind of like what I brought like up earlier, like just the background little line deliveries that I think yeah. make the special really, really good, so.
2: Reminds me of um, Anastasia in that one song, like, um, a ruble for this painting, it's Romanoff, off, I swear, count you supposed pajamas, come by the pair. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Also, I, I love Goemon's uh, arc with the sandwich, which was nice. Yeah, I also eating just sandwich like hearing Goemon him. say the word pickles just funny to me, I don't know why. Oh <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, because again, it just seems very odd.
1: <laughs> this tropical island sandwich, left here uneaten, the thin sliced meat, the Western pickles, the mustard, no longer have any flavor. They might as well be scraps. Look, you're the
0: one who didn't eat the thing.
1: Perhaps we've been together for far too long.
0: <laughs> hey, Lupin, I think he just compared you to sliced meat. Well, if I'm sliced meat, that must make
1: you the pickles. Hm. How boorish. So does that mean I'm the mustard? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, honestly, I love it whenever the boys butt heads like that. Yeah. It's, like, it's <laughs> like we get that mystery of mama as well, and I think it's one of the things I love about it.
2: I'm surprised... Who was compared to as mustard? Um, yeah, go
0: on. Yeah, on.
2: I'm surprised he didn't respond like in juggernaut, bitch, bitch. I'm not
0: mustard. I'm ketchup. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna beat your ass, Charles. I'm gonna be your ass with Charles. <laughs> also, <laughs> I like
4: when they butt heads because, like, it's so realistic. Obviously, like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is a group of people that are always around each other. They live together. They eat together. Like, everything that they do is together. They do
2: everything together. They probably <laughs> shower together.
4: Attached to the hip. Naturally, you're going to have moments of tension. Like, that mm-hmm. just happens. with like, yeah. anybody that you're like, no matter how close your relationship is, right. like, how good it is, there's always going to be that aspect. So, I, I it's never, like, a perfect thing. So, yeah, Chris, I
0: yeah. agree. Like, I love little yeah. moments like that. Right, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, Mystery Mama did it better, of course. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. Mystery Mama did most things better. Yeah. yeah I love that movie, but, you know, I I do like how they, you know, that was kind of like a, a subtle theme throughout this one. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I feel like about two-thirds of the way through, they eventually decided to just put everything, like, put all their issues behind them and, you know, work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of a cute payoff with going on the that, that he actually likes the sandwich. Yeah. Which, which did look pretty damn good. Speaking of Goemon, uh, when the gang is all grappling, like using their own methods of grappling across mm-hmm. the gap, Goemon uses a rope dart. So does this mean that whenever he played Mortal Kombat, he, he mains Scorpion? You <laughs> know what? I'm going to say it's canon. Right? I mean, Officially. Yes. Also, I'm pretty sure Scorpion's <laughs> one of the few characters that's actually Japanese, so I hey. just see him gravitating toward him. Or would, he,
4: would he call himself Scorpion, like the first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Get
0: out of here.
3: I <laughs> speaking of going on when they're first vickering I love the bit where like you know and I think Goemon's confronting Jigen over the fact that he has a personal stake in it. And he's like, you know, you want to go? And like Lupin's just hiding under the Jeep, like, <laughs> hey guys, calm down, it's okay. But then they overhear the conversation with Fujiko, and they realize she's involved. And Goemon like, <laughs> Lupin looks over, and Goemon's literally burning with rage. <laughs> yeah.
0: that, that part kind of bothered me, because like, that was one, like one of those like you know, anime-isms. I was yeah.
4: about to say, it's very standard, like, animated, because that happens a yeah. lot with um, Dragon Ball Z with Chi Chi.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, she's angry, like, like even like in Dragon Ball Super, like, what there's a clip where she, like, turns her head and her eyes are, like, literally <laughs> on fire.
0: Yeah, and, like, there's a bit of that in the special, which I wasn't a fan of.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you yeah, know, like, like, before that, there's a bit where Lupin says something, he has like, those, like, blue lines over half his face which feels like oh yeah something like a ghost or something yeah yeah I I mean it's like it would have been an alright moment otherwise but just like that kind of thing takes me out of it but again it's not a huge deal it's not a deal breaker
3: or anything you also mentioned the bit where they're grappling so uh, that reminds me the soundtrack to this I really enjoy because when they're grappling it's (laughs) such a cool like jazzy rendition of Manhattan Joke which I haven't heard in the anime since Babylon yes which was just awesome
2: they really brought back a lot of the classics for this. And I know Chris is going to interject when I mention it was such a nice breath of fresh air. The minute after like the first five minutes of the special fucking a new version of superhero starts playing. And, and I kid you most, not.
0: It was the greatest version of superhero ever. Yeah. The- and I kid yes. you
2: not. I teared up because
0: I, so fucking
2: I. love that song. Like, it it's is. been fucking forever.
0: Yes. You know, you know, since we had a vocal version of it. And like, and I, again, I apologize if I talk over anybody. Mm-hmm. Again, I've been drinking. Matter of fact, I'm still drinking.
2: <laughs> he says this, he takes a sip.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, when I, uh, I didn't actually see Prison of the Past until earlier this year. Which I want to say, Emma, you streamed it for us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I had heard this version of Superhero before then. And again, like Natalie, I, I teared up when I heard it because like, I've (laughs) always loved superhero. It's such a wonderfully cheesy song. Yeah. And, but this version of it felt so triumphant. Yeah. It's like like the singer, it's like, it's like he knew, I mean, he probably did. This is the first time the song had actually had vocals Mm -hmm. to it in since the seventies. And it was, it was just glorious. And, and I actually had tears in my eyes listening to it. It's, it's so good. So good. (laughs) I specifically love that
3: because that's uh, that's uh, Shigeru uh, Matsuzaki singing it. So, so he was obviously like a pop singer like going like back decades. He's also the very first voice actor to play Cobra in the Space Adventure Cobra movie, which is a fun Lupin connection because uh, Nachi Nozawa eventually voiced Cobra in the TV series. And Nachi Nozawa was the voice of Lupin in the TV pilot.
0: Well, that's right. That's uh, awesome.
3: The, the two versions of the pilot film. So it's like that nice little connection there. No,
4: I didn't even realize that. And I, like Space Adventure Cobra is like incredible. It's good. Yeah. I mean, this is a version. I
2: mean, I will admit that as much as I was happy for Superhero to come back and I, and yeah, I did tear up, I'm kind of like a little bit at odds with my enjoyment of this version. I don't mind that they went for Japanese vocals. I actually find it kind of refreshing um it's just no, i it's, guess for like it's, it's as the song progressed i didn't really vibe with the singer until i listened to listen to it again a little bit more no,
0: no, the lyrics are all in english
2: i thought i heard a little bit of japanese in there nope
3: uh the 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 opening lupon the, the opening song is the yeah. japanese version of the lupon theme that he's singing right. and oh, then right, super right, right. Superhero super plays at the end it's
4: all in yeah, English. yeah,
2: yeah. sorry i um, I'm so confused. It was nice to hear that too, because I do love yeah. that version of the part two opening. Yeah, the that, same. Br- that brings me yeah, back to my childhood. Cause you know, that part of the opening theme, it wasn't on adult swim. It was all on the DVDs until, mm-hmm. you know, no,
0: they did a commercial at one point.
2: At would, one point, but it was mainly was, on the DVDs, and, yeah, you know, I, I could, that just brings me back to my childhood of, like, these um, road trips I would take with my family, and we used to have the DVD player, and I would play Loop on the 3rd, and it was just like, yeah.
0: Well, See, I remember, uh, this is going, kind of going off topic a bit, but I remember uh, being 14 years old, I was using uh, the computer in uh, my family's dining room at the time while I had Adult Swim playing. And I heard, you know, what sounded like the Lupin Third theme being sung. I was like, wait a minute. And I ran to the living room and there it was, like half of the uh, second part two opening being used as a commercial on Adult Swim. That was, I honestly, think that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite opening. Yeah. Nice. That was
2: also my ringtone for a long time before I switched it <laughs> to <laughs> Avenue Q's in high school. Was that for a long time in middle school and then high school and then Avenue Q came out and then my ringtone was, if you were gay. <laughs>
0: I actually had "Superhero" in my ringtone for a while. It's like I had the original nice. version for a bit, and then uh, Lee Sparks of Lupon Central sent me the uh, MP3 of the uh, instrumental part four version, and I had that for a while as well. I just nice. freaking love nice. "Superhero," man! And I it's love "Superhero" so in particular. "Superhero" is great. Like it's just so—it's such a triumphant return for this song. For for my
2: wishes of a Lupin the Third uh, Broadway musical, they at least have to have Lupon singing that. <laughs> at least once while he's, like, thieving totally. or something. Just imagine it, like, oh yeah, the actor playing Lupin on stage, just like, I'm the one.
0: I mean, you know, Lupin, Lupin totally wrote the song about himself. I mean, like, oh, there, there's, no, yeah, there's no question about that.
2: Again, it, it, it's such cheesy lyrics, but it's like, smart and cool, <laughs> handsome, wealthy, and so sexy. Yeah.
0: You ever heard of the alternate version of Superhero? What's the alternate version? Uh, it's by the same... It's by, uh, Tommy Snyder sings it just like in the original. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's pretty much the same song, but like the lyrics have been changed. Yeah. And it's stuff like, uh, Here I Am, Girls Are Melting in Their Shoes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's it, a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's great. Here I am, Girls Are Melting in Their Shoes. Ooh. Scream and faint. Wanting me because
1: I'm cool. cool. They need somebody. Someone at least as cool as me. I've
2: never melted in my shoes, but okay. But I'm
0: really I am
3: sure you're taking an for Lupin. I also really like that, uh, the opening theme rendition by uh, Matsuzaki. Also, that album that came out recently, the big uh, Hugh Ono's 80th uh, birthday concert. Mm-hmm. The album just recently came on, uh, Apple Music. That whole concert starts with that live. Oh, it's good. It's <laughs> better than the one from Prison of the Past.
0: Oh, great.
3: It's so good. I actually, I actually used that to close out the Starter's Kid episode. Sweet. So, like, so if you go back and go to the end of that, you'll hear it. it it's such a good cover. But um, I think one other tra- – like there's a lot of good tracks, and it. specifically during the break-in – There's one track called uh, Bounce Back, Get Shibuko, which is nice because it kind of plays into the whole reason why I love this special and how silly it is. has just, like, such a fun energy to it that, you yeah. like, I haven't quite heard it in the school. I mean, the school of has been killing it
0: as of late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fujioon totally. like, so will always be killing it, though. I mean, um, there was a bit of a period where his stuff wasn't really up to where it was. Mostly the, the TV special, like, the mid-TV yeah. special era is when it's kind of like, and again,
3: he was still making great music, but it was just kind of lacking that punch. Video
0: games at the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the uh, a, a lot of Lupin 3rd video games at the time had had some pretty decent music. Mm-hmm. I feel like part four just like really inspired and revitalized him. And yes, yeah, I think that's really I agree what I'm here mm-hmm. because he is really on top of his game again. Oh, oh totally.
3: But I, I, I reckon we've said just about yeah. everything we're going to say about this special. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd say we, we all highly recommend it.
2: Yeah. Sorry. I want to, we talked about fried chicken and I want to go to Jellybee <laughs> and get fried chicken now. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, if y'all don't have a Jolly Bee in your area, I feel super sorry for you.
3: <laughs> well, now before you go get fried chicken, uh, we, 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 we uh, all of us—I I have a task for each and every one of us. There is a oddly shaped, pretty uh, high-tech uh, fortress, kind of a prison that we're we're all going to need to uh, we're all going to need to uh, infiltrate. There are four separate ways to go in. We're going to have to like you know try our best to get in there, and it's uh, it's all the way in Switzerland. We're going to have to go break out um, a, a, a master thief, a, a, a Robin Hood among podcasters, uh, Guillaume.
2: So that's where my wallet went last time I was in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. After all,
0: where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs>
1: Hello again, lupantic folks! I hope you like eating leftovers because it's TV special time! I'm being cynical, but again, for the people who are new to the Lupin franchise, you must understand how boring and stale the TV special era was at times. We were absolutely ecstatic when Lupin went back to the episodic series format what with the uh, Fujiko Mine spin-off and part 4 and 5. So having two TV specials almost back-to-back in the span of the year felt a bit like a regression. Granted, 2019 was an important year for Lupin, with its first CGI film coming to theatres, even if that big event was somewhat thwarted by the pandemic. You know, sometimes it's bad timing. So it's understandable that the producers played it safe on TV when their focus was on the big theatrical release. Still, the previous special, Goodbye Partner, didn't help at all and I dread the day we'll get to it, because it was a dreadfully boring affair. When Prison of the Past was announced, with basically the same creative team, I wasn't thrilled. But the appearance of Yata Goro, Zenigata's sidekick from Part 5, was intriguing. The Lupin franchise was embracing its loose canon with elements from the series making the transition to specials. Even the armored dog is revealed to look vaguely like that one dog from an episode of Part (laughs) 4. Talk about random! When I first watched the special subbed, I was slightly disappointed, but at least I felt entertained. Now that I have watched the dub, I must re-evaluate it and to its advantage. I hadn't realized how many great character moments that special had, from the bantering between Lupin, Jigen and Goemon, to Zenigata and Yata's fun dynamic, or even the slightly sapphic nods between Fujiko and Lorenza. The whole royal subplot felt less out of place and Finnegan felt slightly more three-dimensional. He isn't quite your typical Lupin villain and he does have that Robin Hood side, but one that had lost his way somehow, clouded by greed. And that was an interesting prospect. A deformed mirror of Lupin if he ever went against his principles. Plus, the story seems to be a reference to Beethoven's Only Opera, as my co-host and friend, Natalie, took great care to explain. I must thank her, because that reference totally flew over my head during my first watch. The special does tread all ground, but... In an enjoyable way. The array of thieves helping Fujiko feel like they came right out of a Monkey Punch manga or a 1980s cartoon. The slapstick is mostly on point and the dub does elevate some weaker dialogue from time to time. Speaking of the dub, I know some recent releases were said to be too literal or that the performances were too wooden. That's mostly not the case here. I think the team's best effort remains Episode 0 First Contact, but I was never bothered by their delivery. I wasn't too thrilled with some supporting characters' voices, but hey, at least they committed to their performance. It is a special that is not afraid to be ridiculous at times, and that is its greatest strength. The music is on point, as it's almost always the case with Yuji Ono, and the inclusion of Shigeru Matsuzaki for the vocals gives an almost self-aware old-fashioned spin. Like when your uncle at the end of a party sings an old Sinatra tune with all the passion of his younger years. I was particularly thrilled of his version of the main theme, and ending with superhero was all kinds of awesome. We didn't know it at the time, but Prison of the Past would be a taste of things to come for the franchise. The character designer would be put in charge of Part 6, and the animation would be given back to TMS instead of Studio Telecom that had worked on Part 4 and 5. Yatagoro would be back as well, cementing his character as a regular of the show. Whatever your feelings are towards Part 6, this is where it all started. I don't know if Prison of the Past will survive the test of time or if, like many other TV specials, it will fall into relative obscurity. One thing is sure though, a good sandwich needs fresh salad, tasty ham and juicy pickles. Just like a good Lupin story needs action, jokes and a bitter feeling. And this special has it all. That is all for me, Lupantic folks. You can find me on Twitter at William Barbey, B-A-B-E-Y, on Deventart and Art Station as Shinred Deer, S-H-I-N-R-E-D-D-E-A-R, and you can even commission me or send me a tip on my coffee, also under Shinred Deer.
3: All right. So,
1: Natalie, where can we find you on the social
3: medias?
2: Well... Well, you can't find me on the social medias. I'm going to currently be going to the Union City Jollibee to get my <laughs> chicken joy because Jollibee is delicious. No, but you can find me on Twitter at Kathlee Helsing, C-A-P-L-I-H-E-L-L-S-I-N-G. You can also find me on instagram at captain c-a-p-t-a-i-n-l-i-h-e-l-l-s-i-n-g i'll be spamming a lot of um house of dragon shit because i am legitimately excited for it but also i am currently working on getting ready to film my first video opera video essay on on an opera on mozart's don giovanni so when that comes out hopefully not just the pod but myself will be plugging it. And Emma, 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 where can we find your pretty self? My fellow wine mom. Oh.
4: A <laughs> uh, former wine mom. No, a yeah, uh, former wine mom. Yes. Yeah. 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 Former my wine mom, retired vodka aunt, all that stuff. So we we, we love you still. Aw, thanks. A well, better person welcome. now for sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Emma Wolf E M M A W O L F E two two seven uh, Instagram, emwolf, uh, spelled the same way, wolfe 2 I post most of my cosplay on there. Haven't really posted anything new. The last couple ones has been my swimsuit Maytel cosplay. Um, so hopefully I'll get back into cosplay soon. You can also find my soap and candle shop on Etsy. You can search Wicked Clean Creations or you can search Lupin. Uh, apparently that one comes up. Uh, it's called The Thief. So those are basically where you can find me active the most. Yeah. Chris, where can we find you?
0: So yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Furball, D R F U R B A You can find me on most other places at amazing. Chris Godby. That's a G O D B E Y. I have two web comics, uh, draw, And weird in a So drew, where can we find you in the podcast? Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DrewHunter15, that's
3: D-R-E-W-H-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LupinPod, that's L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. You can find us on Instagram at the same at. You can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, if if you'd like to, scroll on down, give us a rating and review. Five stars would be nice. Please. <laughs>
0: please you know if you
2: enjoyed it, or, or enjoy at least, it. or at least five pieces of Jolly Bee fried chicken. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> extra gravy on the side too, please. <clears throat> and spaghetti joy, definitely the sp- can't forget the spaghetti joy. And with that,
3: <laughs> we will be back. Uh, pretty soon to do our recap of the first nine episodes of part one. Catching up on, well, you up it's been a hot minute since we last covered it. So until then, see you, to folks.
2: Good night.
1: Bye.
0: What they said. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh! I'm the one everybody waiting for. あかさべしき